uh, drive for 25. How about just drive for 15? And it can be 15 million so the fans can raise $15 million to get his sorry tail out of line. <laughs> That's a good line. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Yak Sports is back this week. I am Leela McRae. Joe Deck is with me like normal. And Joe will start with high school football. And I don't know what we could talk about that was more impressive than Stewart's draft going up to Clark County, picking up the big victory. Yeah, they looked really good. Um, it was a 21-7 win in a game that I believe Clark County went up 7-0. And then it was 21 unanswered for Stewart's draft. Um, they stay undefeated. They're 4-0. They look like a team that's going to be tough out uh the rest of the way and yeah. they're going into their bye week with an extra week to prepare for Larray, which is i'd say the other big class two test on their schedule um they have riverhead still but the other class two teams uh, you know i thought Stewart's draft clark and uh Larray were the three best teams in class two region b and uh, they just passed the test in berryville so now they're gonna get to have an extra week before Larray comes to them so uh, i would like where I was sitting if I was Stewart's draft fan. Yeah. And I don't want to speak out both sides of my mouth. Cause I think a lot of Stewart's draft, I said it in August that I thought they were kind of that next, next best team in the Shenandoah district. The, the one that would give river biggest problem. Uh, and he keeps not showing up in these big games against Shenandoah district teams. And, I'm going to have a little bit of pull for when Loray and East Rock go and play Clark County and, and Strasburg that I, I thought this last year. And I think at this year, the Shenandoah district and the ones that we just gave the bull run district, I think it was a tougher district. I think that the teams are better in general. Now, you know, if one bull run team beats one of these teams, I, you know, that doesn't ruin the whole thing, but I just think in general, I think Stuart Strauss getting good at the right time. I think Larray's a great program that continues to improve. And so I kind of give the favorite, my favorite picks for 2B is Stewart's draft and Larray. And they play each other in two weeks. And we're going to talk a lot about that next week and, and really hype that up because that is a big game. But I, I just think, however, whatever reason, I think Riverheads has elevated a lot of teams around them to get to a high level because Riverheads plays at a high level. And I think the challenge of playing a couple different teams like Stanton and East Rock for these run heavy teams, like, like Larray, like Stewart's draft, you know, they've had to be able to step up to challenges. And I think Clark County doesn't get tested the same way. And I think Strasburg hasn't been tested the same way. And I think central Woodstock hasn't been tested the same way. And those teams continually come up short against these teams that have been in the Shenandoah district. I know a couple of them just went, uh, up to the bull run. Okay, so I was gonna say, I, that was going to be my question. Okay. Now that they're in the bull run, I mean, your argument would say that the bull run is a tougher district. I think they come in there strong. I think, I think now with the transition, maybe the bull run district, like I, maybe it's a little more even, but I take a little respect for those teams that are coming out of the Shenandoah district that are going to, that I think are going to win the bull run district. I think East rock or Larray is going to win that bull run district. And I will take pride that they just came from the Shenandoah district. Now in two years, any of that carryover is gone, but I think Larray and East Rock have cut their teeth on the tough competition in the Shenandoah district. And it's going to show in the bull run district and they're going to dominate to B and they're going to dominate the district. Okay. Um, it's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. It's, it's not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, I, I think, 
I don't know. I'm not big on the, well, they left the Shenandoah district. So Shenandoah district pride or whatever. I think once they're in the bull run district, they're in the bull run district. So I just think you're saying maybe closer to to even, I would say top to bottom, the bull run is better than the Shenandoah district this year. And I don't think that's up for debate. Top to bottom. Yes. You do know Stonewall went to that district, don't you? You do know that overall, I'm going to take Riverheads as one. Draft might be two. Might be two. But then Loray, East Rock, Clark, Strasburg are better than the next team in the Shenandoah district. I'll yeah, let you pick I four, four stand. But two of those, having just come from the Shenandoah district, I, I carry a little bit of thought. If you don't, that's fine. I just... Those teams have their program has been. Built I'm saying this year the bull run is Shenandoah better district. top to bottom. So they're not in the Shenandoah district this year. I'm I don't saying know, top, this year top to bottom. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if I believe that. After seeing Stanton beat TA, I'm not as down on Stanton. Um, Let's see yeah, how Stanton plays out. I, I still don't know what to make of Stanton. I I yeah, want to see them play over a. It's going to be hard to know. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I don't know about top to bottom because I just think that bottom is a crater. So I, I for the bull run now, which it was in the Shenandoah okay. district. Uh, I do love so, that you're not claiming Stonewall as former Shenandoah district, but you're going to claim. They were bringing either district down whenever they were in it. I mean, that, that, that's just the problem with them. And I, it doesn't seem like they're getting any better. Well, I would add Paige to that list of teams that are better than the next team in the, in the Shenandoah d- district as well. I think Stanton's better than Paige. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I don't, um, but okay. And I think, but I also think, like, man, Riverheads is really good, and I think by the time Look, we see I'm Riverheads. Look, I'm saying, yes, one. And Stewart's draft, I'm yes. going to beat LeRae. I mean, if I had to pick that game today, I'm picking Stewart's draft. I'm not saying I won't somehow get off of it and get more information in the next two weeks, but today I'm really impressed with what Stewart's draft's done. I think they, they showed a gap between them and Clark. And so I, I think Stewart's draft is really strong, but I've said that for two months, three months. So I, I'm not, I, I just think they're very strong. I'm not arguing that point. I think Stewart's draft is really good. All right, let's get off of that uh, strand of that argument. Stanton did beat TA in overtime. I mean, I really take that as a great positive sign for Stanton as they were able to rebound from really getting handled, showing the resilience, coming out there, and a TA team that is strong, a TA team that I think is still has a bunch of wins in front of them, uh, a TA team that I plays Wilson uh, next week, and I think we hand. I'm impressed that Stanton went up there, had a lead, lost the lead, still won that game. I, I'm impressed with what they were able to do after what we saw last week. Yeah, um, I yeah, last week I was really really worried about Stanton and then they came out and they beat TA in overtime. Um I just think this might mean that Stanton is a team that is like last year, they're just up and down all the time and we don't really know what we're going to see from them week to week. And so they play Central. I I don't know what to make of this game because if it's the Stanton that shows up against LCA, they're going to get creamed. If it's the stand that shows up against TA, they might cream central. So yeah, it, it, it could be bad, anywhere in between district. I can make, use that as an argument if they do that. <laughs> yeah. But they're in the Northwestern district, which is another animal. So yeah, they're going to fall in there. 
I don't know. I just took it as a good sign. And, um, you know, I was worried about some of the things I saw when we saw him play against LCA. Uh, obviously they must have played better. Yeah, they must have played better. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. Uh, and we will here in a few weeks. Um, Buffalo Gap, the game we were at, East Rock. I just, I just, Gap is so one-dimensional. And I even last year when they made the playoffs and had Carter Rivenberg, just so very one-dimensional. And and when people talk about Riverheads not passing, I mean, Gap is way more one-dimensional than Riverheads is. Yeah, but I think that's just what they have. I, I don't think they have a quarterback. I don't, even if they did, I, I'm not sure they have the people to make a passing game work. Um, I, I just look it's coach, a, coach Wygant's doing what he can with the players he has yeah, yeah. and they are better than I thought they were going to be this year, but they're definitely taking a step back from last year. Yeah. And look, I, I East rocks a really good football team. East rock is, was maybe the best Owen two team in the state of Virginia. Um, they played two really tough games and I think they took some frustration out on Buffalo gap on Friday and really pounded them. Um, I would say this for Buffalo Gap. I, I still think uh, they could not finish last in the Shenandoah District, um, and I think they could find a way to win a district game. And I think that game is Wilson. And if yeah, they, and if I think they they're play well, dangerous. if they play well in that game, they're going to be fine. Um, I I don't have the rest of their schedule in front of me, so I, I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> I just think for Buffalo Gap, it's going to be taking things one week at a time. Okay, so next week, though, they're at Broadway. It's a winnable game. You just have to play disciplined football and not turn the ball over and not put yourself. Here's the thing that Gap, they weren't going to win this game regardless, but one of the things that Gap did that really killed a lot of drives is just penalties. You just need to avoid penalties because your offense isn't built for first or second and long, and it's surely not built for falling behind early. So... For Gap, it's important to start hot, get a lead, and not make dumb penalties to put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, I, I just have, I just can't get off the point that like they, it's just they don't have a lot of options on offense. And and for a Gap team over the years that are built the same way they are now with tough runners and and one guy that's maybe fast, they usually had some kind of outside threat that they could at least get the ball to. And and they haven't had that the last two years. And that's what's, that's what's keeping them away from kind of getting over that hump and being a, a top half football team where this year they're going to be a bottom half. They're going to be, if they make the playoffs, they're traveling somewhere. It's not going to be, you know, a four seed for them. So, um, I, I think that's, I think our, up our uh, playoffs is a big ask. Yeah. It's a big ask at the beginning of the year, but I, it's a big ask now yeah you're probably right you're probably right i want them to be good that's my problem Uh, oh you're a closet gap fan it's okay let's talk about fort defiance they won last week but the big talk is they have a big time game this week against rockbridge we're going to be there for radio uh espn 1240 listen live online only this week that's the plug but it's prove it time for the indians you know this is a team that had their losing streak started winning some games played against Rockbridge tough last year, played against Spotswood tough last year, but those were both losses. Played tough against Liberty Bedford in the first game this year, a loss. It's time you start winning some of these these games that you have to prove it. And and yeah, they're measuring sticks, and yeah, a loss might not kill you, but you got to win some of these. And uh, it, it's getting to be that time, and you hate to say that about a team 
that's just starting to enjoy some winning. But at, with winning comes execution, and you got to expect Fort to get some of these wins against solid teams like Rockbridge is, a team that just beat up on Christiansburg last week, a team that has a good quarterback and receiver combination, a team that has a lot of weapons. That Their defense is going to be able to slow them down, but can they get the offense together to bring out a victory in one of these prove-it games? You're right in this sense as well for Fort. Um, Stewart's draft is going to be a tough game for them. Riverheads is going to be a loss for them. So that's potentially two more losses on the schedule to bring them to three losses on the season. And that's which without... is a great season if that's all they lose. Right. Yeah. But you yeah. lose to Rockbridge, you're six and four. That might be good enough to get you in the playoffs. But last year you found yourself in kind of this murky situation at the end of the year where Liberty Bedford got an upset and that put them in ahead of you. So it would be nice to be able to be in a position where you're not going into the last game of the season saying, man, I hope things go our way and we get into the playoffs this year. You want to go into week 10 or week 11, I guess it is, but yeah. the 10th game knowing, okay, we're in the playoffs. It's a question of seeding. Um, and for, and I agree for Ford defiance, this does feel kind of like a game that you need to announce your presence and it needs to be a win this week. You almost beat Rockbridge last year. Rockbridge at times is playing better. So I, I think it's important for them to figure this out and, and get some wins. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I, I call it a prove it game and, and it, I think it's time, time to win one for it. I hope we see it live. Uh, we mentioned Stanton has central this week. Wilson gets back in action after the bye week against Spotswood. That's going to be a tough ask for that green Hornet team. I, I mean, you're just going to start, you're going to start looking at that game and trying to find some moral victories because the real W ain't coming. Uh, you're going to just have to look at some success on the field against a quality opponent to maybe give yourself confidence going forward. Yeah. Riverheads gets back in action after their bye. They play Colonial Beach. We're on the message boards, and I think I saw someone on Twitter talking about it today. Even the Colonial Beach fans on the message boards are even like, yeah, if, if we can stay within 14, that would be good. And uh, I oh think Patrick Hike. Gosh. Yeah, he called it out as that's just where single A football is right now. And, uh, 14 yeah yeah oh yeah they won't be if they stay within 28 <laughs> that's good they're gonna get yeah, I, killed yeah i agree with that point uh let me save uh, you might, let me save you some gas colonial beach fans this is a loss they might get a little mercy i've seen riverheads uh not pour it on on these teams that come across the state uh most of those times have been in playoff games but yeah 28 i even still like i mean you you probably won't get 60 put on you but under that past that don't ask for too much more yeah so a decent slate of games this week um but we're getting towards district season and that's what i'm really looking forward to i was looking ahead at that district slate i mean next week we have that stewards draft lore game as we said we'll talk more about that next week but then district season is going to be just awesome where each and every week all these teams are playing each other i really can't wait for that shenandoah district yeah, yeah. The battle for <laughs> the battle for second may still be interesting. If Fort wins this week, I'll feel okay about it. If they lose, I'm gonna not feel okay about the battle for second being interesting. I, I'm kind of over the battle for second. I'm kind of just for battle of who can be in that playoff hunt and who's gonna be representing the Shenandoah district in the playoffs and, uh, and how that falls in. With this is where my bull run district argument gets proven. By the way, we'll see. And there's one team. Isn't there one team that comes? Out of somewhere else in the 2B. I got to look that up. I, I, I'll i know it for next week. Cool. Uh, any, let's move on to high school volleyball. 
where our our local teams continued to do well. Wilson, I said they had a tough two weeks ahead of them. Well, in the first of those two weeks, they beat Monticello and beat Spotswood. Now they go play Spotswood and then Monticello again. So, uh, I but expect wins. They just got wins. Why can't they win again? Heck Riverheads, yeah. yeah, Riverheads beat Harrisonburg um, and Waynesboro. Uh, they play Harrisonburg again coming up. Their big thing coming up, and we'll we'll get to this on the podcast next week. They play Fort next Tuesday night. That'll be the night our podcast drops next week. I'll be at that game as the plan. Uh, that's a monster district opener for uh, Riverheads. Uh, first, Fort Defiance will have already played one district game against George Draft, but that's a big front of the district matchup next week. We really won't get to preview it, but I'm looking forward to it. See, I might go with you. That'll be good. You get to, you'll get the experience of the whole crew. Um, so, you know. I like your crew, bring, though. You hang out with a cool crew. Bring to entertain the crew. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you hang out with a cool crew. Um, but, yeah, it was a good week where most teams were getting wins last week. Uh, Stewart Strath fell to Larray, but that's not an embarrassing loss. Uh, but a lot of teams won, so that's that's good. The, the, the area of volleyball is going to be really fun in October. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you've got three teams that definitely look like they're going to be competing for first place in the district with Wilson, Riverheads, and Fort. So that's going to be exciting. And then all three of those teams, well, I take that back. Wilson is class three. Keep forgetting that. Um, that's class three and class one teams, no class two teams. That's what in, I was, in if, discussion, I was yeah. forgetting that Wilson's not class two anymore. I was going to say, wow, that's three different classifications, but it's yeah. not. Um, it's two. Um, so Fort and Wilson, though, I mean, they both could advance out of the region technically. Um, so yeah, you got if the seating winds up, that's right. going to really be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Them too, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with Fort Defiance wishes, they could say whatever about Rockbridge. Yeah, whatever. Rock, who's Rockbridge? <laughs> um, but Riverheads is positioned to do well in Class One, so that's good yeah. for them. It's going to be good going up against those those tough teams, and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun watching them in October. Um, let's move it forward to college football. And hey, man, Ryan Willis did not throw an interception this week. Yeah, you sent that tweet, and I didn't react to it just because I have no reaction. I'm dead inside when it comes to Virginia Tech football. This team is so bad. Um, I just don't like phrasing it that way because, like, dead inside, like, I care. I, and, like, that's what I think drives my argument right now about Tech football. I guess that's true. I do care because I still yeah. get mad. But And when people, like, I say something negative and there's, like, a little reaction. I see a lot on Twitter more so, and it's not really me. It's just seeing it happen between other people. Like, I am a fan. That's why I'm not happy with what's going on. I am a fan. Oh, That's yeah, why those people I, are dumb. I'm gonna I put care. those people I'm gonna on blast. Be there. And just because I want things to change, I'm I'm open to the opportunity because I know Fuente ain't getting fired tomorrow. I'd like him to get better now and make this all right and prove you wrong, and I'll be able to hell that over your head. I just have no arguments in favor of Fuente right now because there's just been nothing so far shown. They did a poll. One of the guys had the, you know, a state in the ACC rankings and we're 12 out of 13 of the ACC team. That's embarrassing. That's not where I want to be. And that's why I have negative things to say about what's going on Virginia tech right now is because I want it to be better and wanting it to be better. I mean, you can make this phrase about it. I mean, we talk about our country politically, you know, wanting things to change. So our country is better. Like, that's nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't matter what side you're on. It doesn't matter what values you're holding. If you want something to change, it doesn't make you not American. It doesn't make you not a tech fan. It, it makes you wanting it to be its best. 
And so there's nothing wrong with that. And so on the sports side, that really doesn't matter in life. You know, I'd want Tech to be playing better football, and I'd love to see it start this week as we play Duke on Friday, just come in and smash them. I just know that's not going to happen because there's been nothing of evidence for uh, 13 months to tell me otherwise. Well, and here's the other thing, right? And I, I put these people on blast last week, and it's it's frustrating because they do. They they make it seem like, oh, well, if you're not happy, like if all you're going to do is complain, if all you want to do is win all the time, go root for Alabama. Well, okay, if all you want to do is lose all the time, go root for Wake Forest. I mean, what does that mean? Like, because yeah. because we don't like losing, that makes us not Virginia Tech fans? No, it makes us intelligent fans that are able to read the room and say, huh, some of these things don't seem to be going well. And there's and we, a there's some common problems here that never get fixed. Maybe this is on coaching. Maybe this is on the wrong personnel being in in certain positions. And maybe we need to do some different things. It's not it's not saying I'm never going to root for Virginia Tech. It's just saying I root for Virginia Tech and I don't like what I see and I would like that to change. It's the same thing that you deal with as uh, trust. Well, you don't, but I do as an Orioles fan. Some of these people are still like. Oh, I still love the Orioles no matter what. I still love Chris Davis That's no matter what. Yeah. I love That's Chris the... Davis. If you hate Chris Davis, you're not a true Oriole fan. Yeah, if Spot you don't like a guy hitting so. one, if you don't like a guy hitting under 200, what are you, an asshole? I mean, what the <laughs> heck is wrong with these people? They are just total, total idiots that just live in Narnia or Dr. Seuss world where everything is perfect and always has a happy ending. And trust me, you should have seen Twitter. Chris Davis hit a home run in the last Orioles home game this year, which may be his last Orioles home game of his career, God willing. But uh, all the people like, we're all the Chris Davis haters now. Oh, we're still here. It was only number 11 on the year. Glad we paid him $161 million. Chucklehead the clown. <laughs> now, if you're okay, why don't you go delete your Twitter before you tweet else, tweet something else stupid. Yeah. Well, Tech plays Friday. I hope they can win. I hope they can. I find just want to win. Yeah, I just yeah. want to win. Yeah. Forget some guy on Twitter was like, "We'll be Duke by 20. I was like, uh, "And then you'll wake up from your dream and realize, "Oops, we lost by 20. I hope we win. Yeah, I hope we win too. And and speaking of that, UVA they played ODU last week. I had no reaction during this game because where what space do I have to have a reaction when they're down 17 nothing? And uh, I was I chuckling. To, I have, <laughs> I had, no, I was hoping it would go the way I wanted it to, but still, even even if it completed the way I wanted it to, it all it would do is hopefully shut some people up. I would have nothing to say because we just lost ODU last year. We just struggled with ODU two weeks ago, so really no room to talk. But I was hoping it would it would go out and they would lose. But the loss will come this week. It won't be embarrassing because Notre Dame looked pretty decent against Georgia. Uh, but they'll go to Notre Dame. They're playing a big game. And hey, when you're ranked, when you're winning this many football games, hey, this is you you deserve to get some shine and go have it. I just it's some of the few times I root for Notre Dame to win. Saturday will be one of them. Yeah. Can we talk about what the heck ODU's coach was thinking going for it on his own 30 yard no, line? What an I, idiot. I, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about that because it was. Thanks for costing your program the yeah. game. Gosh, yeah, I hate it. It's a you. terrible decision. I will never root for ODU. I hope they don't. Uh -huh. I hope they never win another football game in the history of their football program and it goes bankrupt and the school goes under. I hope that happens. I, I Just because he went for it on fourth down at his own 30. A little bit from that, but no. I hope they don't nope. win football games. Don't yeah. pull back, Leland. Just embrace it. Um, <laughs> the school can exist. I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, I want it to go under because he went for it on a fourth down in Charlottesville at his own 30 yard line on Friday night or Saturday night. Um, but. <laughs> um, 
UVA has got to feel kind of messed over by game day. I know they just had a game with Notre Dame involved, but my goodness, Nebraska versus Ohio State, that game is going to be interesting for kickoff until Ohio State either kicks it, Nebraska fumbles, Ohio State gets it and scores, or Ohio State gets the kick, houses it, and then Ohio, then Nebraska's losing. Yeah, it's just the only time for them to get to Ohio State here for a while, so that's why oh, they're doing yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And this is on your on your end of wherever our eight o'clock game with Herb Street. Well, let's do game day there. That that this is to your argument on that game day argument there. Um, they they aren't going to do back to back weeks of of Notre Dame. If that's uh, the I, best game, do it. It's the best game by far. Nebraska's going to lose this game in an absolutely embarrassing way. Oh yeah, they will. I'm not. They're not playing that. Michigan. They don't have a chance. I mean, Notre Dame looked pretty good. So I, I, that's why I'm pulling back that. I don't think it's the best game. I think Notre Dame's just going to take care of it. They look like they had speed. They were playing tough. Man, yeah. Where were they in that second half though? They slowed down. Yeah. I, if I'm UVA is hanging around at halftime, UVA, if I mean, UVA, Bryce Perkins is the only UVA stand like speed standout, everybody else. I think it's going to, if UVA is in the game at halftime, they'll be in the game in the fourth quarter and they'll be okay. I'm not saying they're going to win. I don't we think they're going to win. We were in the game win. with Notre Dame a year ago, and that went to the wrong way. Well, then, you know, we got out coached in the second half. Surprise. Um, yep. JMU beat Chattanooga 37-14 to 14 in the Who Cares yeah. game, uh, where on Twitter it was just the last time we were in Chattanooga, we won the national championship in 2004. Great. Um, we play at Elon. That's a FCS. This game wasn't that. Yeah. Did you see the tens of fans that were at that game? No, nor did I care. At Chattanooga? Um, it was it was pretty embarrassing. Who cares? That's how many people should have attended that game. It should be embarrassing. Um, who who cares is what the uh, Chattanooga fans said. Yeah. JMU plays Elon in a top twenty five FCS matchup on Flow Sports, so no one will watch it. UNC choke fashion against Appy State. Um, and again, UNC, the ACC. Uh, it's a roller coaster. The ACC is bad outside of Clemson. It's Clemson. Yeah. And nobody else. Um, I feel bad that Clemson's not going to get a true test again until the playoff, but um, oh well. Well, they played South Carolina in that last week. Maybe South Carolina will South get up. South Carolina's not good. Are you kidding? <laughs> They're better than the rest of the ACC. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, congratulations. <laughs> uh, Michigan continues to be fake news. I mean, you and I both picked Michigan yeah. to win that conference. I mean, that ain't. That, that can't uh, well, happen now. Yeah, they're not winning the conference, but Jim Harbaugh might be in trouble. I just he is one I, more Ohio State smackdown away from not being asked to come back to Ann Arbor. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask there. you what the goal in Lee Let me ask you what the goal at Michigan is, Leland. To beat Ohio State. Well, and win the Big Ten. Which of those yeah. has he done? N- neither. Ever. I just they they have a lot of money due to him, so that's why I think he's going to get another year or so. Michigan but. also has money, and they're not afraid to fire people. They're not Virginia Tech. They'll they'll make the tough decision when it needs to be made. We'll see how bad it gets in Michigan, but it's not looking good up there. All right, NFL, the Skins. While we're recording this, they're playing against the Bears. It's going to be a loss. They are losing. Yep. They're going to play the Giants next week, and where they thought, hey, we might get a win in uh, Week Four, uh, the Giants. Seems like they've made the right move, getting Eli out of the way, get that Daniel Jones kid some action there. He looked pretty good. There's going to be bumps. He's not always going to look great, 
but that team went from beatable to, hey, they have some hope, and I don't know if the Skins have much hope. No, it's going to be a bad year. Um, I think you let Case Keenum play this week. You let him play against the Patriots. And then once you're 0-5, it's pure Haskins mode. No reason to let Case Keenum play after the Patriots game because your season will have been decided and you need to see what you got. If Haskins isn't going to work, you need to know that before the draft. Yeah, and yeah, I think they're going to have Haskins in there sooner than later. So uh, that'll be interesting. I watched a lot of your Ravens against the Chiefs because that was kind of the, the big game of the early afternoon. I did too. I didn't watch and, the third uh, quarter, but I watched the fourth quarter. I watched the first, second quarter, and the fourth quarter. Third quarter they, made me... They were playing ball. At, at halftime, I was just asking myself what I was doing. So uh, You were very pessimistic. I, they are playing ball. I, I actually think a lot more of them than I did before. I, I think the Chiefs are just that strong. I think I said that last week before this game happened is that hey, the Chiefs are for real, so even if they lose, Ravens can still probably get my respect. They did. They got some respect. They hung around that game. Some questionable things down the stretch, but they were battling. Throughout so, the game. Uh, they're going to be a hard out for a lot of AFC teams. Questionable things throughout the game. We score a touchdown. The Chiefs line up in some illegal formation on the extra point, so we decide to go for two then. Uh, we don't make it, so then it's 6 nothing. We've just given the Chiefs a little bit of momentum. They go down the field, score. Now they're winning. Well, later in the game, they miss an extra point. We score again, get an extra point. I'm like, okay, we're all good. Uh, we go Well, before that, we score. We go for it on a fourth down on our own half the 50 and don't make it because, you know, that's apparently the thing to do this weekend is go for it in ludicrous situations. And um, then later in the game, it's an 11-point game, and Harbaugh decides to go for two in what remains to be a baffling decision to me. I still don't understand the logic behind it. There was none. If you get the two point conversion, you're down nine points. It's still a two score game. If you kick the extra point, it's a two score game. It's a 10 point game. We go for two. We don't make it. So now it's an 11 point game. So now we still need a touchdown and a field goal, but now we need a two point conversion on the touchdown, which spoiler alert, we didn't get later in the game. So we're over three on two point conversions. The only thing I learned is if we need a two point conversion, to tie a game or win a game, we're not going to make it and we're going to lose. So normally in a situation where it's late in the game uh, and I want teams to go for two to not give the other team a chance, um, I'm going to say kick the extra point because we cannot make the two-point conversion. We do not have the play drawn up to where we can do it. We tried three different plays. All of them looked like a train wreck and a minefield. And I'd never want to see us go for two ever again. Um, that being said, the Chiefs are probably a team that maybe beats the Patriots. And if not them, the Patriots will win the AFC. Oh, man, I hope the Chiefs win that game. Um, but our division's not very good. So no, we should be win okay. The division we should be okay. The Steelers are terrible. And I the don't Browns know why lost. you're trying to talk up Rudolph for me. Rudolph's I, not a bad quarterback. It's not it may, Mason Rudolph is not the reason you lost that game. Field. Two passes downfield. Okay, yeah. well that's the coaches not letting him throw the ball. Then they need to get going. I just I, I saw him throw deep balls against Virginia Tech. He looks pretty good. I want to see him now. I'm not saying he's the coaches need terrible. to not baby. I want to see the coaches need to let him play. The coaches need to let him play. Mike Tomlin's Four not the answer. That's your problem with Pittsburgh is Mike Tomlin. That guy is not good. We were benefit of four turnovers in the first half of that game. We're still only winning six nothing. It's just that's not 
It's not football. It's a Mike Tomlin problem, not a Mason Rudolph problem. Get the Steelers next Monday. We'll be recording during it next Monday. But uh, Steelers, Bengals, that's a winnable game, so they better get it. If y'all lose that game, fire Mike Tomlin. (laughs) Speaking of Steelers getting rid of people, they got rid of AB and everything's looked great since because now the Patriots have gotten rid of him too. Apparently he's not going to play in the NFL anymore. I think that's good news for the XFL. You know, I think he's not playing the XFL. The XFL is not going to let him play. It's you a family-friendly league this time around. Football league is not going to let him play. You haven't been listening to the messaging. It's a family-friendly league this time around. Mm, yeah. People with criminal histories are not welcome. Vince McMahon, does he like money? People with criminal records are not welcome. Are people going to watch AB? It's in the league. It's in the league bylaws. People with criminal records are not welcome. I don't know if you know this, but AB is going to have a criminal record here pretty soon. If AB doesn't play in the NFL. He's going to be playing in the XFL. He will not. Maybe he'll play in the CFL. <laughs> he can okay. go be a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Yeah, it doesn't seem his style. Saints didn't look bad with Bridgewater playing most of the quarterback there. Um, it seems like if they can right the ship here a little bit and Breeze is trying to rush that uh, rehab getting back, they could be all right. They could still have a lot of their goals still in front of them. Yeah, you know, I said last week they just need – Bridgewater to keep them afloat last week was a big win that I didn't think they were going to get. Um, so good for them. Uh, speaking of divisions, that don't look very good. The NFC South. So maybe new Orleans, my pick to win the division can still do that. I think I actually picked them to go to the super bowl. So maybe drew Brees, if he comes back healthy, can do that for me. And, uh, I can get the Patriots saints super bowl that I predicted. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely still possible. Um, so you'll have to see if you're able to get that. Uh, we got pro pickums going. Hopefully you guys have joined. If you still haven't joined our pro pickum, feel free to. I might put the login back out there because sure the overall season you're going to be behind a little bit, but if you can start beating us in weeks, you're going to get called out um, for for good things. So cash money's in first place. Hokey holes up there, so something must be wrong. But I'm sitting in third, but you're right behind me, one point behind me with. Uh, at sixth place with some ties in there. So uh, a lot of good people up at the top. Uh, Make sure you guys join in if you want to play. And there needs to be more trash talk going on this. These, all these people I just mentioned have Twitter. They need to be talking more trash about their right. I don't put some Twitter handles out there, guys. I don't know your Twitter handles. Um, Yeah. Uh, By the way, we're all like one game off of each other. Yeah, it's close. The good thing is, though, uh, Hokie Hull picked Washington to win this game. She is the only one. So that's that's why we put her in fantasy sports. All right, moving on to uh, the Major League Baseball. Not a lot to talk about because none of our teams that we want to talk about uh, are doing that or are going to make the playoffs. The Nats are 5-5. Five and five. They're just treading water trying to hold on to that last spot in the wild card. Uh, they were the first spot. Now they're tied with the Brewers for that wild card. As long as they both hold off the Cubs – then they'll play each other and just this next week will decide who hosts that game. Um, but it looks like the Nats and Brewers could be those two teams from the National League. Um, I don't think they're going to have to do much work to hold off the Cubs. That team is face down sliding in a hill right now. Um, they got swept in a home series uh, last weekend. I think they've lost five straight home games at Wrigley. Um, so I think they have just successfully eliminated themselves from playoff contention. Um, I think it's interesting. Someone was talking about Madden and, you know, he's a weird guy and he comes in with a lot of different things. I'm, 
I just wouldn't be shocked if he's not the manager there next year. I'm not saying they just fire his butt. I'm not saying I'm just wondering if they kind of part ways. Cause like being that odd and that weird, I think can wear on people and like how much weird odd stuff do you have? So when you're, you're, you're with these major league guys that have been there the whole time you have, it can wear thinner quicker. I mean, it kind of like, kind of like a Jim Harbaugh, honestly, that's what he did in San Francisco. He was out of there quicker because it's just, he was off base. So I just, I wouldn't be a shocker if he's not there next year. Yeah. I mean, I guess my thing with it is with the Cubs, who are you bringing in then? That's, that's the question that you have to ask in that situation. I get it. Um, Joe Madden's kind of a weird dude. Um, but who do you bring in? And someone's going to, and somebody's going to throw money at him to come coach his team, their team next. I mean, and he deserves that. Like he is a good manager. I just think his act wears a little quicker because it's so off base. I just think the the Cubs need to realize you're in a tough division. The Cardinals are a really good young baseball team right now. The Brewers are a good young baseball team right now. Both of those teams have good managers. So I I thought the team that probably should have been worried about getting um, eliminated from the playoffs if the Cubs hadn't gone on this slide is the Nationals because they have not played well. Um, no, I know they, they have the Blue Jays coming up next, but then they have the Indians who are fighting for their playoff lives. And I just, uh, the Nationals look like a team right now in trouble. I know they're going to make it to the playoffs. Um, they'll, they'll be fine. The question is, do they go to Milwaukee or do they get a home yeah. game? Frankly, I don't think it matters. Um, their bullpen is going to be bad no matter where that game is played. And if you're asking me which bullpen I'll, I want, I'm going to take the Brewers bullpen. And in the playoffs, that is such a huge, huge factor. Maybe they can win a one-game wild card, but I've got news for you. If, and I mean if, the Nationals win the one-game wild card, they will get swept by either the Atlanta Braves or the L.A. Dodgers because they don't have a prayer against, and I believe it's the Dodgers who have the, the best record in the National League, so that's who they'll be playing. They don't have a prayer against the Los Angeles Dodgers going up yeah. against them. I agree. Uh, American League, the two up first while as you see, there. Um, they're tied for second with Tampa Bay. Um, I, I just said a couple weeks ago, I wanted Oakland out of those teams to make it. So it looks like they have that advantage there. I'm happy about that. I really don't care if Tampa Bay or Cleveland gets in. I've been rooting against Cleveland all year because of the twins factor. Cause I wanted the twins prediction to be right. I'm rooting now against Tampa Bay. Cause I don't want you to be right. So I, I don't know. Who to root yeah, I got there. Tampa Bay and Cleveland in the playoffs. <laughs> so obviously one of these teams is not going to make it. Um, I don't care. Um, I, Tampa Bay is in the same division as the Orioles, but I don't care about them. And they're just not the same. They're not, when you hate, when you have as much hate for the Red Sox, Yankees and blue Jays as I do, there's only so much hate to go around and I, the Rays are, the Rays are like cool. You have plenty of hate to go other places. There's, but okay. there's, they don't have real fans. So I never see any of them and <laughs> you know, they're cool. They're a small market team like us. Um, and it gives me hope that maybe someday with the right people in charge, like I think we have now that maybe one day we can be the Tampa Bay Rays and be competitive. Um, but the Cleveland Indians are cool too, because of the major league movies. So, that does help their coolness level so we'll give them that all right let's get out of here alex Flum from whsv tv3 coming on next really happy to have him and uh, we'll get to his interview now 
All right, back here with more Yak Sports Podcast. We have Alex Flum from WHSV TV3. Glad to have you. Thanks for coming on with us. Oh, it's good to be on. Excited to be doing this. Been covering sports here in the Valley for a little over a year now. So I like talking about it with TJ back at the station. So might as well do it on a podcast too, right? Yeah, we had TJ before, uh, and uh, he was a great uh, podcast guest. Uh, he was in Nebraska. He had come from Nebraska. Uh, was his last stop. So. Um, we actually told him he had to wait in line because we have an official Nebraska fan as uh, as one of our people that listen to the podcast. Uh, though I think I'm going to bump him if we ever have something to Nebraska talk. I'm calling TJ. But thanks for coming on with us. Um, so what? Uh, where'd you come from, and what is your career before here, and where are you from originally? Right. Well, um, I did not come from as far as Nebraska, <laughs> uh, but I, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. If you know where that is, it's right outside Washington D.C. Um, I went to the University of Maryland. This is actually my first job out of college. Um, while there, I you know covered a lot of Maryland sports. I interned for a couple D.C. TV stations, uh, NBC and ABC up in D.C. Um, and then you know my senior year of college, I got to applying to jobs all over the place and. And WHSV uh, came along, and you know I was really impressed with it. I really liked, you know, what they were going to allow me to do here, covering sports with JMU and high school sports, and you know there's Bridgewater too, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I got the offer, and it's you know two hours away from my family, and it's just such a great uh, environment, a great sports scene. So it seemed like a, a good way to go, and. I've been here loving it for over a year now. <laughs> so what, uh, you know, sports fandoms do you bring with you? I know, like, media guys are supposed to be neutral and all that, but, I mean, we all know. We all root for who we root for. Who, who's your teams? Well, up until about a year and a half ago, I would say that I'm a tortured D.C. sports fan. But since the Caps won the title, I can't, <laughs> I can't play the torture part as much anymore. But I am a D.C. sports fan. Uh, you know, Redskins, Caps, Wizards, Nationals, um, grew up a huge Redskins fan and I really like the Wizards too but it's hard to and I still root for them like I'll wa- watch them in the, I don't know when this re- releases but I'll watch them in the Bears game tonight and hope for a, hope for the best yeah. but um but you know I'm a huge DC fan uh big Maryland fan because that's where I went uh, I have an uncle that worked at Alabama for a really long time so I root for Alabama football we will try not to hold that against you yeah people won't like to hear that but uh but those are uh the mainly the DC teams that's my my top so when I saw your uh, Twitter yesterday, and you said something about uh, the good the news for Redskins fans <laughs> is that they didn't lose today. It's because they didn't play yesterday. They play on Monday Night Football. Uh, at least you're a Redskins fan already. You're not just uh, poking the bear. No, no, <laughs> no pun intended there. I guess. But yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> not intended. It was there though. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. I always try to look on the bright side. But I guess saying in that scenario was being a little pessimistic about it because they'll lose today instead of yesterday but who yeah. knows maybe maybe they'll pull it off we'll see so uh when you're in college you said you were able to cover sports there were you doing like play by play was it more uh you know covering between games or what what all were you doing well i started off doing newspaper stuff right uh did had a beat on the maryland softball team then i got into a little bit more play-by-play called just about every sport at maryland and then you know once i had my internships at the tv stations i realized i liked sports anchoring and reporting and i really liked play-by-play but i feel like sports anchoring and reporting allows you to do a lot more different things when it's play-by-play you just have to focus on that one game and get ready for that one game but you know as a sports anchor as a reporter i get to go to you know 10 different games and cover 30 different things at the same time and I just kind of like being able to keep up and follow everything I gotcha what um 
Uh, so going coming into this, and like one of the main thing, our listeners probably see you on is Endzone. Uh, you know, talk about some of your experiences with Endzone and being involved with that. And uh, I mean, you're always out at a ga- at the game of the week every week, uh, ex- at least this year. Uh, talk about some of that. Well, I would say Endzone is by far my favorite part of working at WHSV. Um, I remember we had last summer. It was my first summer here. And, you know, I like covering the Valley League and RCBL and baseball and everything, but football is my favorite sport. And I was like, all right, I'm ready for some football, ready to get going. And then I think it was that first game I covered was East Rock against Spotswood. Um, and it was just the, a great atmosphere there. And, you know, I got to cut, and I guess it's more Augusta County Center. And so I got to cover, you know, Riverheads has run to the state title last year. And, um, you know, I, I was at a draft game and I went down to Waynesboro and I've covered Gap and, <laughs> Wilson trying to hit on all of them, yeah. you know, Stanton too. Um, but end zone is just so much fun going out every Friday night to be there at the game of the week. And, and, you know, sometimes you'll get more hyped up crowds than others, but, um, and we try to pick the close games and sometimes they end up not being close. Um, but when, when does this go out by the it's way? It's tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So pretty soon. I got you. Um, well, I won't say what our game of the week is yet. Cause we announced it on Thursday, but there is an Augusta County team in it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, <laughs> but I won't answer what it is yet. Cause we reveal it on Thursdays, <laughs> but, but you know, end zone has been absolutely fun. And, and I started this thing last year where the winning team gets to stand behind me and go nuts and celebrate and go crazy. Um, and I've kept that tradition up just about every week. And, and I think it's a really good opportunity for the players to come out and, you know, all of them to get their face on there and, and cheer and, and have fun. And, you know, it's, it's just another great thing to get to interact with the fans, you know, cause they'll always all talk to me while I'm running up and down the sidelines. As long as I'm not super focused on a play, I'll, I like chatting with them too. So that's awesome. Uh, with end zone, you know, talk about the craziness that it has to be Friday nights. I mean, you're at a game, you're covering that game, and that that's probably crazy, but still probably simple because then you got to cut film, get back, all that. Talk about the process of end zone. I feel like I'm a, like an NFL quarterback talking about being in a system for one year. <laughs> but honestly, the second year, having had that whole last season last year, I've felt so much more prepared for this year. Where last year, almost every week I'd be, you know, right down to the, like, to the gun like last second like the show's on in two seconds and I'm stressing out I'm like oh my god how am I gonna get all this in but this year the, the last three four weeks it's it hasn't been so bad I don't know maybe I'm being more efficient I think TJ's taught me pretty well to be honest with you um he's given me a lot of guidance with that but um but it is it is high pressure and and I run around with a notepad and a pen and write down the time codes of every play because that way when I go back it makes it a lot uh quicker to put it all together but um and I kind of like on the drive back will have in my head okay here's the highlight I'm gonna do here's this so it's they all kind of having a system for it but it is it's high intense it's high intensity but I think that's when you know it makes me even more excited about my job you know I always am but it, it I kind of ratchet it up a little bit for end zone Friday nights <laughs> yeah I bet I mean I bet it has to be high octane there uh so you've been covering sports in the valley here for at least a year talk about some you know teams or programs or even players that have stood out to you in this last year do you want just to Augusta County say oh no or, it's a, or, the whole valley I mean I mean everybody listening watch y'all channel so you you, right. you have it all so yeah anybody that stands out uh, I mean, obviously, l- last year, the story was East Rock. Uh, I felt like I was there just about every week. They had their running back, J. Juan Evans. Uh, I think they had 20-something seniors, and that was a really great group. And I, I did a story on e- uh, Evans and kind of his path and the adversity he's overcome, too. Um, 
but they, that was last year. This year, it's been a couple different teams. Uh, obviously, Riverheads last year was a story, too, and it seems like every year before I was even here. Um, but, you know, this year, they have looked even better and, and incredible. And TJ and I always say Riverheads is a machine, and they, they've looked pretty good. Spotswood footballs look great this year, too. Um, I mean, last year, going back to basketball, covering East Rock basketball was interesting. Um, I don't think I met you. It was it was, it was draft. It was that draft. draft playing that night. That was, um, was that the crazy? It was a crazy overtime. game. Was it them in East Rock? I don't know. It might have been a Riverheads game. It could have been Riverheads. Or it was, was I'm not sure if it was playoffs either. But yeah, I was out of draft. I know that. Yeah. Um, but I, those games I covered a few basketball games at draft. I feel like they were always exciting. Yeah, they're that style of play. Yeah. They're always crazy. <laughs> fun, fun to watch and fun to cover. And I said football is my favorite sport. Basketball is probably right up there with it. Um, but another thing is, is, and before I came to record this, I was actually at a shoot for one of these, but I do the student athlete of the week every year during the school year. And, you know, up there with ends, and that's probably one of my favorite things to do because it's just amazing every week to go out and see, you know, all over the valley and, and even like some of the schools we cover in West Virginia. But, you know, from Waynesboro up to Luray and Page County or Luray, I still haven't figured out which is the right way to say it. <laughs> I've heard both. Um, the people there say Luray and, I, and everyone else says Luray, but... Yeah, they sound Who pretty. Uh, that even sounds the like, same to me. I, I just say like both ways, they probably. Both work, I think. But, <laughs> um, but off that tangent. Um, but yeah, no, Student Athlete of the Week has just been incredible to see all these different students. And then at the end of the year, we have a special banquet um, where they all come together and we, you know, announce the Athlete of the Year and the Community Service Award winner of the year. But it's just great to be able to, you know, tell their stories every week. All right, getting into a little more maybe opinion and, and sports topics uh, local, and then we'll get a little bit further away. Uh, all season on radio for 1240, and then on the podcast, Joe and I have argued about, you know, who's that second best team in the Shenandoah district? Or, and maybe that's phrasing it wrong, is who's who's the other team than Riverheads that you would talk about being at the top of the Shenandoah district? Your opinion, you've seen a couple teams, at least from Augusta County and Shenandoah district. What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I will say it's kind of the biggest surprise um, for me, just because I hadn't covered them a ton last year and I didn't know too much about them coming into this year, their team for this year, but I think draft I would put um, at number two, you know, especially after being Clark County this past week because, you know, they started 3-0 and and I, I was thinking, okay, this is pretty impressive. You know, they have a good program over there. Um, but Clark is a pretty good team, and the fact that they were able to, you know, in a tough bull run district, so the fact that they were able to go out and beat Clark, um, I think that's kind of showing, okay, they're here and they're ready to compete this year. But, you know, um, another couple wild cards, you know, you have Fort and Stanton too. And, um, you know, Fort has looked good. I'd like to see them, you know, play against a little bit tougher competition. But the fact that I, I, I don't know too much about, you know, with TA start and how they're going to be looking throughout the rest of the year but Stanton getting that win over TA that was huge especially after a tough week before yeah so I think you agree I, I mean you said draft first and that's who I've been saying since before the season started so I'm glad you're on board uh <laughs> let's move a little further away but still local uh we kind of picked at the Redskins already but the Nats hey they're in a tough race yeah. for the wild card what's what's your thoughts about the Nats and and hey you're a real Nats fan so what's your opinion there well, they, they're, they're another one of those teams that stressed me out for a while. Um, and, I, and going into the season, I thought that this would maybe be the year where they kind of got it done because, you know, you look at when the Caps won it, it was kind of the year where everyone was like, all right, well, they haven't won it, they're not winning it now, and then they win it. So uh, they would have to get hot in the next few weeks and obviously coming into the playoffs. But, you know, when there was that point, they were 19-31 and 31 on the season going into that. Um, Bob Corso, actually, I, I'm sure pe- most people listening probably know who he is. He asked me, he says to me, he says, Alex, 
should they fire Davey? I think he sent me an email in the middle of the night one night and asked me. And I and I said, well, if, if they don't win this series against the Mets, he's got to go. And they've got to, you know, give up, maybe give up on the season or who knows. But they played okay and maybe better than okay in that series against the Mets. And then they turned everything around and call it a miracle with that. But, um, you know, they've, they've got things going and they revamped their bullpen. It's still not great. But um, if they can get hot in the next week, I think they got to – do well in the series against the Phillies this week but if they can kind of carry that momentum into the playoffs and get that monkey off their back of actually winning and advancing in the playoffs uh, I think they could do some damage it'll be tough if they have to face the Dodgers or whoever comes out of the AL but I don't think it's impossible I think they could surprise some people in the playoffs they have the capability and see uh, now I believe you are at your DC fans because you have this blind optimism that I don't understand so that's good uh all right so what we usually wrap up with all our uh, interview guests or most of them is uh away from sports uh you know binging tv watching tv we we talk about you know what do you recommend for some of our listeners to to grab hold of what what's caught your attention lately well um I, I'm a huge fan of the show on HBO and, and I like Game of Thrones but that's not where I'm going with this uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm I don't know if ever, anyone's ever heard of it but uh, but it's uh, Larry David the creator of Seinfeld he's got the show where he plays himself and he always gets in these crazy situations so that's probably my favorite show um, another hot take here is I'm a fan of that mass Singer show on Fox that they've been <laughs> hyping up all, the last few weeks and I've been ridiculed at work about it but uh it's actually a good show, and I do recommend it. Uh, also, like The Amazing Race on uh, on CBS, I'm a big fan of that. And other than that, well, if you, if you don't have ESPN Plus, um, and, and I'm sure people used to watch NFL Primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, but I'm a huge fan of that. TJ and I both got ESPN Plus subscriptions just to watch that every Sunday or Monday night. I haven't gotten a chance to watch the one from last night yet, but... Uh, Highly recommend that. It's still just as good as it always was, even though it's online now. Well, that's some good. That's a good swath of recommendations yeah. there from reality TV to yeah. a little trashy TV, I guess, with the message. <laughs> not trash, but just less oh, consequential with the mass scenery. Yeah. And uh, I also think uh, WHSV, they got a great, great newscast. Yeah, that 6 o'clock news at 11 o'clock. That's just awesome. 11, yeah, in the mornings, all it's, it's always Friday good. Friday nights at 1130. Yeah. yeah. Up until uh, December, whenever we run End Zone, until I recommend that too. Well, I mean, End Zone's an institution. I mean, I remember when I was playing, you know, whatever we got into after the uh, the games, or even before I started playing football, but, you know, especially in high school, whatever I got into Friday nights, it usually ended up, I'm going to make sure I'm home or into TV right. at 1130. And that's the days of like J.J. Davis and, and guys like that. So uh, I've heard a lot about J.J. And I think I was telling you that earlier, but... Uh, I know he's a legend around yeah, here. <laughs> he is. So, uh, I mean, hey, you're carrying on a good tradition, and uh, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast thanks with so us, and we look forward to seeing you around. All right, awesome. Thank you again. All right, time for the D block, and it's time to tell us about our lives and what is dominating our lives. I'll jump in first, what's dominating my life. I think I talked about watching um, Mrs. Maisel on, before on this podcast. It's just a happy show to watch. It's just like not everything in the show that happens is great, but like every episode you smile about things, and I just like it. And we did a rewatch of it because the new season's coming up and kind of ran out of anything else to watch. And I just can't recommend it enough. I, I, it's for um, an, a mature audience because there's cursing and stuff. And I think uh, there, no younger audience would appreciate it. I mean, honestly, even 
young adults probably wouldn't appreciate it because there's just humor about being an adult in there that, um, you know, I think high schoolers and college students probably wouldn't acknowledge as much. But uh, I just like the show and I, I recommend it to everybody that that I can because it's just it's it's so well done. Two of their people, two of the main characters off of the main character, uh, you know, supporting, I guess is what you call it. That's why they won supporting awards on the Emmys last night. But her the dad of Mrs. Maisel and then like the manager, they both won their Emmys for their categories. Well deserved. Um, so I just can't recommend it enough and, uh, was happy to rewatch it, trying to get into some other stuff now, but Mrs. Maisel, what we've been doing. Okay. That's not a superhero thing, right? Yeah, no, it's not a superhero show. Uh, Marvelous is Mrs. Maisel. Uh, it's based in the fifties. It's this young woman with, uh, with kids, uh, and her husband, and he's trying to be a stand up comedian. Her life turns sideways real quickly. And then she's kind of in the role of trying to be a stand up comedian somewhat by accident. And uh, her personality, everything about her just kind of goes that way. What I really enjoy about the show is, you know, seeing life in the 50s presented probably in a way that I've never seen it before. And um, it's just really interesting. Some of the social standards, some of the, you know, men and women dynamic and family dynamic is so stereotypical, but probably accurate to the time, particularly for people living in New York, people um, of their religion and their social standard. It's just really interesting to watch. Cause I'm probably learning things too. Um, but it's a really good show and it's so funny and so well-written, so smart. Um, I mean, I, I really can't think of shows that I think are more smartly written than this. I mean, everybody talked about Seinfeld being so smart and other, I mean, this, this show is just so smartly written for a, for a comedy. So, um, I can't recommend it enough. You should watch it. I, you would like it. I have no doubt you would like it. Mm, I don't know. Got a lot of other shows I'm rewatching right now. So next time you go to watch something superhero, yeah, go ahead and pick it up. I won't. I, that would have made me <laughs> definitely not watch it. That's. I think that's might be why I haven't watched it yet. Is because Marvelous is in it, and for some reason I thought like it was some like some superhero, yeah. and I was like, mm, pass. I need less superhero stuff in my life, not more. So it'll make you laugh. So God forbid, Joe, watch it. I like The Office. Um, Instead of watching Parks and Rec, like an oh, episode of The Office that you've seen fifteen times, like I have, just try an episode. The first episode is very good. Uh, try Fif- it, man. Fifteen, yeah, okay. I remember when I was twenty-two, Leland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's dominating my life is Mike Leach. Um, gosh, I love this guy. I'm so sad that they lost in an epic meltdown against UCLA because they were a top 25 team. I think they might've been, no, they weren't top 10, but they were really good. Um, I still, they still might win no, the pack 12. They're not really good. They're in the pack 10. They're not really pack 12. Um, they still might win it. Um, I hope they do probably do, but, um, you picked them, didn't you? I did. Um, <laughs> so, I don't love Mike Leach for his job at Washington State and all the good work he's doing there with the Cougars. I love him for his press conferences, and he gave us a super accurate breakdown of a Royal Rumble of Pac-12 mascots. And I just want the reporters in the room to do the right thing and have him do a conference breakdown of each mascot. Now he's done the Pac-12. What happens in the Big 12? What happens when Bevo comes up against that wagon? 
uh, and the boom and Sooners. What happens when um, in the ACC when uh, the Hurricanes go up against you know the Tigers of Clemson? That might be the only way Miami ever beats Clemson. Um, you know, yeah, I, our turkey's probably not doing too well. Our turkey better get the heck out. Yeah, in football and in that Royal Rumble, but um. I don't see a lot of turkeys hit by cars, so I think Georgia Tech would would be all right. We can we well, can but jump they're the yellow the jackets. Up. They're not actually a car, so yeah, they got that car coming on. They're the rambling wreck. Yeah, but their name is the Yellow Jackets, <laughs> and their mascot is Buzz. Who it's just one of them is though. a Yellow they, Jacket. You gotta have more to be dangerous. Uh, I only ever see one. We only on have one turkey, so yeah, they'll get out of the way of, the, of it. They'll okay. peck at it. They'll eat it. Um. But the SEC gets really interesting. I mean, you've got elephants, gators, lots of tigers, lots of tigers. You're gonna the have elephants gonna do some damage. Oh man, have you seen those documentaries where the elephants are stomping on the alligators? It look out, gators! Oh, you got a bulldog in there that's gonna try to tussle with some people too. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, a lot of those tigers are gonna take care of that thing pretty quick. We'll see. Probably. And just the same as the hokey, the gamecock's not gonna last too long. No, that thing is dinner. <laughs> um, but. Uh, the best line for me, um, the opening line is good when he's asking about what mythical powers does this sun devil right have. Into it too. <laughs> he does. But then um, he said, you're going to have to ask a Harry Potter activist on how to beat this yeah, sun devil. So and that's the best line. Um, it's I amazing. I also appreciate that he gives the Buffalo, Colorado Buffalo, some like credit like that. That's going to do a lot of damage. Like he just, it gives it credit because it, it would. But man. the Coug, the Coug will find a way. And a way. Um, gosh, I love you, Mike Leach. I wish you were coaching yeah. Virginia Tech. I, yeah, he, he's fun to listen to. Whether they win or lose, he still has these things. I've, I think we talked about it on the podcast back a while ago when uh, he was talking about the weddings. Like someone was going to have a wedding and he was talking about the craziness of planning a wedding and how, I mean, this is stereotypical male thing to say, but like he was saying that the women get crazy and all this. I mean, it was so funny. And you just have to take him for what it is. I he mean, also does a great job of undressing the NCAA in terms of football playoffs every once in a while, too. Yeah, you would like him for that, too. All right, what do you know that I need to know? <sighs> Amir Garrett is so awesome. Um, you might remember Amir Garrett as the guy who tried to fight the entire Pirates baseball team uh, from the Cincinnati Reds. Um, well, last week, he got a big strikeout in extra innings and celebrated, as pitchers are, you know, as is their right, when they get a big strikeout to end an inning. And uh, Kyle Schwarber didn't like him yelling and celebrating and told him, pointed to his dugout and said, go get in your dugout. And uh, Amir Garrett then sprinted to the dugout and acted like he was scared uh, in an effort to troll Kyle Schwarber in a game that the Reds would go on to win in extra innings, which I I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And um, look, Kyle Schwarber, if you don't like Amir Garrett celebrating, uh, don't strike out. Um, same thing I tell pitchers if they don't like the guy rounding the bases, watching his work, uh, don't give up a homer. So I, I think baseball needs more emotion. The guys like Kyle Schwarber that try to live in the past. Um, I noticed when Kyle Schwarber hits a home run, he doesn't mind taking a few steps to watch it. So, um, but the guys who live in the past and don't like people showing emotion are what's going to eventually kill baseball. Uh, so Amir Garrett finding a funny way to troll Kyle Schwarber after he struck him out was just hilarious to me. And, um, 
I look forward to seeing the next thing he does to make fun of another player. And maybe he'll knock out the entire Pirates team next time, too. I don't know. That could be fun. <laughs> I mean, he if he would have done that right at the All-Star break, it would have made sense because they have won like four games since then. All right. Uh, my what I know that you need to know is going to be pretty broad here. I have a couple different things to hit all under the umbrella of Stanton being pretty cool. Uh, first off, Tyler uh, Zambro played for Zambro. Zombro, I always say it wrong and no disrespect to him. I just don't, I always read his name. I don't hear it. Um, he won minor league relief pitcher of the year for the Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay Rays organization. Absolutely awesome that he won that award. Knowing his story that he's come from Stanton, played high school baseball here, played for the Stanton Braves while he was in college, going to George Mason and now doing well in the minors, proving himself. I just always rooting for that kid. So that was good news of the day to see that. So Stanton is awesome. The other thing that makes Stanton awesome at at 10 to six on Saturday, my wife and I want to go out to dinner. We go downtown, we get prime seat outside at Bistro. And it's just nice oh. to live in a town that you have a chance to do that. Like you can go to dinner at six o'clock and you're not waiting in line for an hour and a half. You're going to get a table. It was even a homecoming going on and we still, still no big wait. Just went right in, asked for a table. Oh, can we sit outside? There, have it. It was awesome. So it's nice to live in a town. Sometimes you have to wait at a restaurant, but it's nice that it's not the standard. Um, so it, it's cool. And, you know, sitting downtown, sitting at that outdoor seating, looking at the, all the buildings, it's just, it's a cool town. And knowing that next week they have the Harry Potter Fest, which I'm not into Harry Potter, but a lot of people are. It's cool that our town can host such a thing and it be so successful. So I'm really hoping a lot of tourists come in next week. A lot of people that live here get out and get involved with it um, because it's a cool thing that Stanton has that brings a lot of people in and makes our town even cooler. I will avoid downtown next weekend just because I'm not into it. It's not for me. It's a lot of traffic, but it's cool that our town can host that and it can make a lot of businesses in our area uh, happy for them to be there. So Stanton's a cool place. I think we're spoiled by a lot of times. I think sometimes you have to be reminded of how cool it was. And I, and I was this past weekend with sitting outside, knowing what's coming up and then seeing people succeed from Stanton, uh, at the, at professional level. So, so a couple things, um, first, totally unrelated to your point, but the Tampa Bay devil rays <laughs> or the Tampa Bay rays wearing their devil rays uniforms the past couple weeks have been so cool. I wish they would change their name back to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and go into those uniforms because the black, purple, like green, yellow kind of color scheme was unique. It was super cool, and I loved it. Um, it reminded me of – so, yeah, let's go Tampa Bay, not not Cleveland, out, but only if you wear the Devil Rays uniforms in the playoffs. If you're going to go back to the regular uniforms, I hope you get knocked out of the playoffs. Um, second thing, I, like you, will not be going to Harry Potter Fest, but I know of people who will called, be. it's not called that, just so everybody knows. Right, because of legal <laughs> reasons. Um, yeah, Magic World or whatever, Magic Fest, but it's basically Harry Potter Fest. Um, I do know people who I th- are interested in going. If they won't be going, I would be surprised because they are huge Harry Potter fans. Um, yeah. I would right, ask, my nieces will be down there. Yeah. I would ask them, um, and also... If you're listening to this and you go, can you please ask one of these Harry Potter activists how to defeat a sun devil? (laughs) We need to know how to defeat a sun devil in case we ever come across one. Mike Leach will eventually come across one and I want him to know how. I need Mike Leach to be able to to come out on top. I like it. 
<laughs> what okay. else you got? I think we got other things to talk about. I think we need to talk about JMU soccer. Yeah, being one honorable mention. Um, they didn't make my dominating my life for what I know that you need to know, but they beat number one Wake Forest, former number one Wake Forest in soccer, men's soccer. They uh, lost like five games in five years. This was one of them. Yeah, big win for JMU football, both on the gridiron and on the pitch, um, taking down number one Wake in a huge, huge <sighs> win. Um, look, it, soccer. It, it's football, but um, they beat it's soccer. This is America. That's uh, no. This is America. We're we're not arguing. This is America, uh, right? It's called soccer in America. So, and uh, most in most of America, North America and South America, it's called football. Um, so JMU beats Wake Forest, uh, taking them down. They played a really really solid game. Um, I got to see highlights of it. I didn't realize it was on until too late um, house. that's what i like to see yeah it was it was a sold out crowd jmu soccer was very appreciative of the support i, I think that's really cool that jmu got yeah. out there and supported them too in a big game um and they took down number one wake forest and you gotta appreciate college they had soccer a, teams will go play places they had a save uh on a penalty shot too late in the match to get that win i will say look not taking anything away from the goal it's you still have to guess right and you still have to do what you have to do to make a penalty save it's not an easy thing Really disappointing the kid from Wake's uh, penalty shot, though. Did not put a lot of power on it and did not aim for a corner. Um, If you're taking a penalty, those are the two things. You either go with super strong power to where if the keeper gets a touch on it, he still has a chance to score, or you go upper 90. Um, And he didn't either. So JMU's goalie had a relatively easy penalty to save. Um, Did it, and uh, we won. And then JMU field hockey also with a top 25 upset this weekend taking down number 22 ODU. So uh, JMU knocking off top 25 opponents all over the place. And is it called field hockey or do we have to call it something else? No, that's else? called field hockey because that's the name of the sport. Yeah, yeah, like soccer. Uh, it's called soccer. It's called football, but okay. It's called soccer. Football. Um, but that's it for me. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm going to use next week. So that way I will have something. Um, <laughs> Ooh, way to tease the audience. Yeah, come on back to see what <laughs> Netflix show I'm going to recommend. It's not Mrs. Maisel, which I think is on Amazon. Yes? Uh, yes, it's on See, uh, I got my networks right. All right. Don't forget to follow us for our great TV reviews and high school sports uh, talk here on uh, the, the Yak TV Sport. reviews are great. The high school sports coverage. Happens. We're okay. Um, yeah, the Yak <laughs> Sports podcast where we cover your Augusta County sports teams as well as college and pro that you might be talking about. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. We're on Facebook at Yak Sports Pod. You can email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Please hit us up with your comments. Uh, where are we wrong? Where are we right? Who should we be talking about? Uh, pick them trash. Pick them trash, I guess, if you're into that. Um, it's whatever. It's What I will tell you is it's early, and a lot of you are going to make bad decisions later in the year. Um, but, yeah, so... Be sure to comment on Twitter, retweet, share on Facebook, comment on there, uh, and just share us with your friends. Uh, Let them know that we are talking about Augusta County sports in terms of high school sports, as well as Virginia Tech, UVA, uh, and JMU. So uh, if those are your college teams, be sure to check in throughout the season. I promise now that JMU is done playing their non-conference schedule, it will get a little brighter on the JMU talk and not be a bunch of who cares fests because they will actually have actual FCS teams that they're playing. So that will be interesting. But until next week, folks, we thank you for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. Please share again with all your friends. Make sure you're following and subscribe on 
Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Google Podcasts so you never miss another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.